Welcome to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Well, it's, a, it's an awesome privilege to be sharing God's Word with you tonight. It's a little bit of a different preach for me. Um, it's probably not going to be the light word that you might expect on school holidays, but I want you to buckle in because I believe that it is a prophetic word for us all, that it is a, it is a warning It is a now word for us where it may be relevant to you now or you might find this word coming back to you in the future. So even though you might think, ah, that doesn't really fit where I am now, just sit back, open your heart this morning or this evening, I should say, and let God speak in there. Can we pray? Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for your word, which is truth, which is life. Father, we thank you that you bring light into dark places, that you are truly the light of the world. So tonight, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you can bring light into our lives, into any places that you want to highlight or spotlight and that you can speak truth in or you can cause us to tuck that word away for a future time when it might highlight something that we could fall into. So, Father, thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is based on a dream that I had uh, a couple of months ago now. Some of you may have heard a little snippet of that that I shared at an Ascend prayer meeting. And um, this dream, well, in this dream, I was in a field. It was a huge field, and there was literally hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands, really, of people. As far as I could see, there were people um, all covering this field, and they were in groups, and they were chatting, and they were talking, and they were seemed to be knowing, seemed to know each other, seemed to have um, an uh, kind of like a common denominator. So I felt that in this dream, it was a group of believers that were all gathering together. Behind us was an enormously high building that was multi-storied. I couldn't see the top of it. It went right up as far as I could see. And as we were walking around and just talking and chatting with one another, somebody pointed out and went, oh, look, there's a cloud. Um, It looks like it might rain. And that black cloud was there on the horizon. And they saw this cloud and, and I glanced up and looked at it and thought, oh yeah, it's a cloud. And looked away, carried on talking and chatting. And then Um, something caused me to look back at the cloud. And I looked back at it, and as I looked back at it, it seemed like I had X-ray vision and zoom lenses. And so, I'm no superwoman, but it just seemed like, you know, that that zooming in of, uh, of the sight. And I could see right inside this cloud. And so as I looked inside this cloud, I realized that it was filled with all sorts of evil, horrible things, horrible happenings, horrible creatures. And I realized that this cloud was not what it seemed. That 
on the outside, it looked pretty harmless. But on the inside, it was not what it seemed. And so I ran around saying to people, you've got to look. You've got to look at the cloud. The cloud is not what it seems. And so many people just said, ah, it's okay. It's only a cloud. I don't mind if I get wet. It's just going to rain a little bit. It's not a big cloud. It's not a big deal. And a lot of people made light of it. And then as I ran around, I realised that we had to take action. And I was warning people, this is no ordinary cloud. We have to get inside the building. And I was encouraging people and actually yelling at some people to get inside the building, out from away from the cloud and into the building. I kept talking, yelling, screaming, warning, running around group after group after group, and some people started to move. Some people heeded the warning and went inside, and the crowd eventually started to thin out. There were still groups of people outside, but I realised I'd done all that I can, and now I had to get in the building myself. So as I went inside the building, I walked around, and as I was walking around this floor, I looked up and I realised that on the walls there were openings, and some of these openings were fully open, some of them were just partially opened. And as I saw these openings, dawned on me, we've got to close the openings. So then I started calling out to people, close those openings, quickly, close the openings. And I kept calling out to them, close, close the openings. And some people responded and got up and tried to close the openings. And other people just sat there and went, yeah, yeah, and had this sense of someone else will do it. And I remember at one stage, there was one guy sitting on a couch. And it, I, I think it's funny how your language can translate into a dream. But I walked up to this guy who there was a big window above him, wide open. And I walked up to this guy and I just literally said to him, get off your butt and close the opening above you. And he didn't budge. He didn't move. He just lounged. And looked at me as if, what's your problem? And left it. And I quickly ran away, ran around to other people. The dream finished with me running up the stairs to see if there were any more openings upstairs. There were three parts to this dream. It's not what it seems. Get inside and close the openings. Let's start with, it's not what it seems. In the Passion Translation of John 10.10, which of course is where our church's purpose statement comes from, it says it like this, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in all its fullness until you over." flow. Incredible promise there for us. But what polar opposites are in that verse? Jesus comes to give. Jesus comes to give. And on the other side of the coin, a thief comes to take and destroy. Make no mistake about it. 
Since the beginning of time, there's been a thief who is not a myth or a fable. He is not a horned creature in a red suit with a pitchfork, the typical stereotype, but he is a fallen archangel who, along with his demonic spirits, seek to come and take from the people of God, seek to rob and destroy the truth and life of God in us and thwart our destiny in him. It's not what it seems. The name of this thief is deception. The meaning of deception is the act of hiding the truth, especially to gain an advantage or propagating a belief which is not true or not the whole truth. And it comes from a Latin word, word which means to take, which says to take from. That take from. Who is the taker? The thief comes to take. The thief comes to rob, steal and destroy. The thief comes to take from us. Jesus comes to give to us. The opposite. Paul warns the Corinthian church that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Deception is one of the chief weapons he uses to take or steal from us. The Bible says he is the father of lies and there is no truth in him. Deception blinds us to the truth and would have us accept something that is actually false and invalid as true and valid. It has the power to override our discernment and influence our actions. Most of us know the story of Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3, Satan's first words to Eve was, did God really say you can't eat the fruit? And then in verse 4, he says, but even if you do, God didn't really mean you would actually die. He cleverly planted doubt that God had lied to them, and then he mixed it in with some truth, which appealed to Eve, that she would know the difference between good and evil. He made it look good, and he made it sound right, and, but the result would definitely not be as harmless as it seems. As we know, they both ate the fruit, and the results were definitely not good. They may not have died physically, Satan weaved a little bit of truth into there, but the intimacy, the openness, the close relationship that they enjoyed with God was broken by their falling for Satan's deception. And then their subsequent disobedience, well, we've lived with the consequences of that ever since. The consequences of their deception, of falling for deception and their disobedience. In my dream, I warned people that this was no ordinary storm. And some people did respond and go inside and others thought they had plenty of time or that it wouldn't hurt them staying out. Being deceived means we are not seeing with our spiritual eyes or listening to the inner voice of Holy Spirit. And he says so often, no, 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 look again. Look through my eyes. What in our lives is not what it seems. 
Going down this path, he says to us, is not going to make you happy. The results of ignoring my warning will not be good. The consequences can last for a long time. The grass is not greener. The pleasures of indulging your flesh may last a little while, but the consequences can last forever. So how do we know if we're being deceived? Well, I'm glad you asked that, because we usually don't. That's the nature of deception. We are not the ones that usually pick up when we are in deception. It is building, I think, the way that we counteract walking in deception or being deceived by things that are not as it seems is by listening to the inner voice of a Holy Spirit who who will be the revealer of truth in our lives. It's building that lifestyle of saying, Holy Spirit, constantly search my heart and spotlight anything that is out of line with God's will and God's word. And then we can see the evidence of deception in our lives is usually the same as what it was in Adam and Eve's behavior. First of all, there was disobedience and rebellion against God and his specific spoken instructions. It's a good thing to stop and ask ourselves, is our life and actions and word and deed lining up with the specific written instructions in the word of God that he gives us today? Often, we do like Adam and Eve. We try and hide our behavior from God. And that's a really funny thing to think that we can get away with that. Good luck with trying to hide our behavior from God. And I remember a, a, a song that I used to sing in Sunday school, which actually used to scare me back then a little bit. He sees all I do. He hears all I say. My God is listening all the time. And I think, you know, back then it was like, oh, it's like he's watching me, my every 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 move. But you know, he is, but not to hit us with a big stick, but in order to encourage us and help us grow and, and to love us through those challenging times and to give us the grace and to open our eyes to see when the enemy would try and come to take from us. But worst of all with Adam and Eve was the um, was the fact that after they had blame shifted and tried to say, it's not my fault, it was Satan's. We do that, don't we, so often, is we'll try and shift the blame. It wasn't me, it was them, or it was the devil. The devil made me do it. But worst of all, apart from all of those horrible behaviours, their deception cost them that intimate relationship and close presence of God. They didn't actually die physically, but their spiritual intimacy that they had enjoyed did. Deception is the thief which robs us of intimacy and closeness with God's presence. People, that's a price too high to pay. We don't want to be a people whose heart is deceived, who follows after things that is not what it seems, who fall into deception 
by allowing ourselves to see through our natural eyes and not seeing through the eyes of the Spirit. We want to be a people whose hearts are open. The Holy Spirit comes, search my heart, see if there's some wicked way, some offensive way, something in me which is not pleasing to you, Lord, and then cleanse me. And that is to be our heart in breaking the power of deception, allowing Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, to reveal the truth and counteract and break the key of uh, the power of deception in our lives. Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness until we overflow. That is incredible life that we can take hold of. Our next point is get inside. Get inside is what I was trying to tell people to do. Warning people that the cloud was not as harmless as what it seemed. I was urging them get inside because there was safety and shelter inside, undercover as it were. And I believe the building in my dream signifies the church, the body of Christ, and being under godly authority and under God himself's authority and leadership. Too often, when we have some form of deception operating in our lives, we don't run to be undercover. Instead, like Adam and Eve, when they heard the voice of God, they ran the other way. The thief's name who comes to rob and tempt us to stay outside of a place of safety is independence and pride. Depending on our own abilities to make it eventually will isolate us and cause us to stay away from community, godly people and leadership who can speak into our lives. Remember, it was independence and pride which caused Satan's downfall from heaven. And it will cause us to make our own fig leaf garments of excuses to cover up the fact that we have been deceived. Maybe you've heard yourself saying or thinking these things. I don't need those people speaking into my life and telling me what I'm doing is wrong and not what it seems. I'm strong. I can do this journey on my own. I can't see the harm in doing that. Who do you think you are telling me to get inside? I know best what's best for my life. Or as in my dream, I'm not ready to go inside. Yeah, yeah, there's something in what you're saying, but I'll go inside when I'm good and ready. When it feels good for me. I've got plenty of time. I'm enjoying doing my own thing out here. I... I, I. And so the tug of war between the thief's independence and pride and God's path of humility and submission continues. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. James 4, 
6 to 8 says, God opposes the proud but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. The encouragement here is to get inside. Stay in community, committed and accountable, submitted to God and his delegated authority. And there will be benefits, the Bible says, both for you and for us. Let's be a people who work together to build God's kingdom because, you know, the Bible says in the Amplified Version that we are here to keep watch or guard your spiritual welfare. So whose voices are speaking into your world? Whose voices are you listening to? Oh, I just listen to God, just God and me, don't need anybody else. Well, that again breeds independence and can easily lead to pride. See, I can tell you the fallout from independence and pride is a gradual spiritual death. We drift until we are cut off from everyone who has been placed in our world to speak correction, wisdom, and truth for our benefit. You might say, look, I trust God, but I'm not so sure that I can trust the leadership. Maybe you've been burned. Maybe you've been hurt by leadership in the past. Well, I can tell you in in, in probably my 40-plus years of pastoring, I've met a few dodgy pastors. I've met a few, dod- and I've been under some leadership which was not healthy. But I've also found that as I take my place under God's authority and inside in that place of shelter and safety, that as I keep my heart right, I've also found that it's been a place of tremendous freedom for myself. And there is a call to us tonight that we who are here and hearing this message, that we would be a people who would stand together, come what may, that we would we would forge bonds of unity and love together so that we would complete the mission that we've been put on this earth for, both individually and corporately as a church. This church has much more yet ahead of it to accomplish both in this nation and the nations God calls us, both in this campus and the other campuses that are associated with us. God has great things ahead, but in order to be a people that are going to fulfill all that he has for us, we need to be wise. We need to be committed and submitted. We need to guard against deception. We need to be alert against the enemy's devices, tactics and strategies that he would want to bring division and to bring us down with. So tonight, the call is, are you inside? Or are you standing on the outside, listening to the voices of come inside, but you're like, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, I 
don't know whether I can do that. And there's two steps forwards and two steps back. Maybe fear, maybe hurt, maybe some experience in the past is stopping that tonight. Tonight, make a decision that what is not what it se- that is not what it seems that is hindering that is holding us back and tonight we're going to let that past go and step into all that God has for us we are going to advance God's kingdom together is that right church we are going to work in unity together to see his mission accomplished we truly are better together We are here to work together. Let's do that and let's make sure that once we're inside, we're closing any openings that are there. Remember, I spoke directly to one guy and told the guy that I told to get off his butt and close the opening. And he just looked at me like, I cannot be bothered. It is too hard. I don't want to do this. And the look on his face made me want to shake him. But the other thing that I wanted to do was cry, to think what you're missing out on, life in all its fullness until you overflow, is you're being held back by by your choices of not closing that opening. You see, we might be sitting here thinking, look, so far none of this really applies to me. I'm here, I'm inside, I'm not facing any kind of um, deception in my life, and so I'm inside. But the warning is, we cannot afford to get complacent. See, thieves by nature don't give up. They keep trying and looking for entry points where they can get in to rob and steal. John 10.1 says the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. Jesus is describing a thief as someone who doesn't rock up at the main entrance and announce, hey, I'm here, let me in to rob your house. But he he sneaks in some other way. He finds a back entrance. He looks for ways that he can get in without being seen. We need to have our spiritual eyes open to see the devices, the tactics that the enemy would want to sneak up on us with. An opening, basically any part of our life which is unsurrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, contrary to his word and offensive to our God. The warning is for us, close the openings if they're there. See, the name of these thieves are tolerance and apathy. We can tolerate an opening in our lives. And we can be apathetic about actually getting up and closing that opening. Tolerance is defined as the ability or willingness to tolerate the existence of opinions or behaviour that one dislikes or disagree with without interfering or trying to change it. Apathy is behaviour that shows no interest or energy and shows that someone is unwilling to take action, especially 
over something important. Is that the sort of people we want to be? No way. I do not want to be tolerant of any openings in my life. Sometimes we've lived with an opening for so long that we no longer see it, or we've decided it's impossible to close. The hinges, as it were, are rusted open. Sometimes we've just become lazy and apathetic and learned to live with it. And like that guy, can't be bothered getting up off our butts and closing it, making the effort. I want Holy Spirit to continually search my heart. I want to open my a life and heart to him to continually say, Lord, is there an opening in my life that you want me to close? How is it that we're going to close this opening together? See, Jesus was not, um, he was not tolerant of any kind of sin. He loved and forgave the sinner, but was intolerant of their sin. He was patient with those seeking the truth, but intolerant of religious hypocrites. He gave grace to the humble, but is intolerant of the proud. He heals and sets free the oppressed, but is intolerant of any demonic influence behind it. And we need to be the same. Intolerant of those things that would take from and rob from us. Sometimes things are not what they seem. We need to get inside and we need to close the openings. The Bible tells the story of King David and how God called him a man after his own heart. In other words, what was important to God was important to David. His heartbeat, God's heartbeat, was David's heartbeat. Yet we know that he had epic failure in his life. And he opened an enormous door for sin, deception to enter in. But God still loved David and he still used him for his glory. And that amazes me that he did that after that epic fail. But why did he do that? Because David knew how to repent. Psalm 51, the prayer, David's repentance prayer, is such a real prayer for me that I constantly pray that, God, you would create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Repentance is the first step in closing any openings. Repentance means a complete change, not just, um, I'm sorry, but a complete change, sincere sorrow so deep that it changes us from the very core of our being. It is the key to overcoming deception and disobedience, independence, pride, apathy, and tolerance of any areas which are separating us from God and others. Repentance sets us on the path to freedom. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow, but worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. 
David knew what it was to have felt repentance, a cry that God would restore that clean heart within him. And he coupled that with a godly sorrow, sorrow that his actions had hurt God and others. See, worldly sorrow is the kind of sorrow that sees us repeating the same behavior over and over again without making any real effort to break that cycle. And that will eventually end up, as the Bible says, in spiritual death. That is not what we are here for. We are not here to end up in spiritual death. We are here to take hold of life and life in all its fullness until we overflow. That is where we are at as a church. God has called us and put a mandate on us to advance his cause in this world. So tonight, are you with me? church, that we are here as a people of God with our eyes wide open to guard against deception that might come, that those things that in our life that might seem harmless are not what it seems, that we will not fall for deception, that we will be a people who get inside, that stay committed and submitted and obedient to what God has called us and where He has placed us, that we are surrendered to Him, that we will not tolerate any openings, that we will not be apathetic about letting things in our lives that would hold us back and hinder the call. But tonight, we want to make a decision that we are going to keep stepping forward. We are going to keep moving forward into all God has for us. Can you close your eyes with me tonight? Father God, I thank you that you can unblock and you can open spiritual eyes and ears right now. I declare that you, the Spirit of Truth, has come to break off deception from off our our eyes, from off our lives, that we would be a people who would walk in freedom and liberty that you purchased for us on the cross. So Father, as we stand here in your presence tonight, I thank you, Lord, that you would cause us to be a people that are truly set free, that he whom the Son sets free will be free indeed, that we will take hold of all that you have appropriated for us on the cross of Calvary, and we will walk forward committed and in unity with one another to fulfil your purpose on this earth. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for your work in our lives. We want to tell you that we love you. We want to tell you, oh God, that it is a pleasure to serve you, to follow you. And God, we surrender afresh tonight ourselves to you. We submit our lives under your Lordship. And God, we thank you that you have tremendous life available for each one of us, life in all its fullness that can overflow us and out into a world who needs to know you. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.